0: Call a friend, text a friend, tell them they need to tune in now. You don't want to miss the stirring interview with my dear friends from India, Yesupadam and Monica.
1: It was in
0: 1992 that I first met my dear friend, Yesupadam, who was just, at that time, a brother from India, a pastor with tremendous hunger for God. We met in the States in 1993, the first year going there. So now 25 trips in the last 25 years, God willing, trip number 26. And then along the way, God added to my brother, his wonderful wife, Monica. So we have been dear, dear friends for many years. And it's always special when they're in the States and we can sit down together, just spend a few minutes together, and then get them on the radio. So, friends, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be stirred. Uh, Call a friend, text a friend, email a friend, send out notices to others. If you're watching this, listening to this broadcast, subsequently share it with your friends. They will be stirred as well. Hey, guys, great to have you with us today.
2: So good to have you, Dr. Brown.
0: All right.
3: Good to be with you again.
0: Yeah, it's always amazing. Watch the family grow, and, and some mm-hmm. things remain the same, though, which is our love for the Lord, love for one another. So, Yesupadam, when, when the Lord saved you over 40 years ago, what, what was the condition of, of the state of Andhra, Andhra Pradesh, where you live now, as far as Christians, as far as the Holy Spirit moving, as far as people being reached with the Gospel? How much has happened in the last 40 years?
2: Oh man, amazing things happening for the last 40 years. And we didn't have many Christians at that time, but because of the gospel, because of the people who, the, the hunger in the hearts of the people, even from the reality of a relationship with the living God, they were tired of the idols they have been worshiping. And God has opened so many amazing doors to do the crusades and uh, talk to people on an individual basis and uh, so much openness by god's grace it's growing so much more than anybody could ever track of it amazing amazing
0: and, and when god saved you what was your condition at that time
2: uh, <laughs> i was involved in gangs and an alcoholic and never believed in god the existence of god and i wanted to bring a social revolution uh, in the nation of india with the desire of giving hope to the Untouchable community in India, me being an untouchable, brought up with hurt, pain, suffering and all that. And then when I met Jesus, well, amazing, like for me, like how can anybody miss the reality of Jesus? Mm. Because Jesus is so real, so true. I mean, he's alive. When I saw Jesus hanging on the cross and the blood drops coming down from the nail thorn hands of the Savior, and I heard an audible voice he called me son. He didn't call me an alcoholic or a gang leader or a murderer. He's called me son. And he said, I did all this for you. What will you do for me? That word son broke my heart, brought tears to my eyes, and I conviction of the sin came over me. I realized that what I believed, that communism is the only way to deliver my people from the bondage and the everything, was I, I realized how light it was. It was a lie and deception. And Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only hope for my people. And I gave my heart to the Lord that day. And I remember telling to the Lord, I said, till the last breath of my life. I said, Jesus, I know you are God. I will believe in you. And I will tell my people about you. Mm. That's all. That changed my life forever, my brother. And and once
0: once the Lord saved you. You immediately went on the street. You started preaching. You, you started telling people, uh, have you heard? Have you heard about Jesus? I mean, <laughs> instantly, radically converted. But, but then you got a burden to start doing things to help poor and needy in India because you were raised in Untouchable. You suffered terribly, almost died of malnutrition when you were a boy, and a missionary found you dying on the side of the road, brought you to the hospital for, to be rehabilitated. So you, you hated the caste system. You, you, that's what got you into the whole communism and all of that. But then once you got saved and you realized Jesus is the way, not a communist social revolution, but Jesus is the way to really bring about revolution to society, what have you been able to do since then for the poor, for the needy, for the handicapped, for the unreached? And this is all to the glory of the Lord. The Lord has done this. What have you
2: seen him do through you? It's mind-boggling for me to see like Jesus would pick up somebody like me who was dying on the street like you mentioned. And uh, we feed thousands of meals every day. We started uh, children homes like uh, we we don't call orphanages, but it's exactly what it is. Feeding thousands of children. We had 4,000 children lived with us so far. We started Christian schools and uh, churches and we planted over 7,000 churches, helping the polio-affected, physically disabled young adults, training them in computers and uh, uh, printing press and uh, tailoring and making self-supportive, working with the government. And it's it's amazing, I mean, what Jesus can do. It's to me like when I look back and see what God has done, it's unbelievable truth and the reality.
0: Yeah, and, and I look at it since 1993, when we went over and the ministry was tiny comparatively, from that to now. You look at it from how you were raised in the little hut where you were raised and then dying on the road and, and then living in total rebellion and sin and then Jesus saving you. So so Monica, you're of German descent, but Canadian, a Christian woman, having a sense that, that God's hand was on you to go to India, but to, to have a sense of calling and then to move to India, live in India, marry an Indian, whole different world, challenging lifestyle and conditions, sacrifice you're called on to make, fevers and malaria stuff that you have to deal with, you didn't have to deal mm-hmm. with in, in Canada. Uh, Monica, w- what is it that prompted you uh, to become one with Yesupatum in the ministry there?
3: Yeah, I, God called me to be a missionary when I was 12, and uh, then I was just praying that the Lord would show me where to go. and what to do with my life and he put India on my heart in 1996 and then a week later or so Yesupam came to Canada to speak at a church and gave an invitation to go there and serve there and three months later God made it so clear I should go there and I just thought I'll I'll go to India I'll be a single missionary the rest of my life serve at this ministry and within three weeks God spoke to me and said he was my husband and uh, I shared that with him and well it's quite the story. But yeah. God brought us together in an amazing way. And it's almost 22 years now since I stepped foot in India. And it's, it's been amazing watching the transformation that the Gospel brings. I didn't see that before in Canada growing up there. But the oppression there is so strong. But the Gospel is so powerful. And the last 10 years especially, just such a, an open heaven. And villages transformed through the gospel, building churches, planting churches, and then the whole village changes, no more huts, electricity, paved roads, just God blesses wherever the gospel goes, and that's been amazing to watch,
0: yeah, you know when when we first went over, we saw things we didn't know existed today in India. You know, I thought of big cities and then homeless people on the streets in some of the cities, but you have this massive, massive country of, you know, green, uh, uh, it's a forest and jungle and different things and people living in these tiny villages and huts and no electricity, no running water. And, and at that point, well over half of them, estimated 600,000 villages hadn't even heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, so in Andhra Pradesh in, in particular, where, where you're based, you, you work in other areas as well, you've seen whole regions transformed. So, so yes, upon talk to us about Paderu. The first time we were there in 93, there were warnings to, that we had to stay off the road at, at night because there was a man-eating tiger on the loose. So you're talking about a, a primitive <laughs> primitive area, the likes of which we've never seen in our lives, monkeys in the trees and that whole thing. What's happened to Paderu through the gospel?
2: Oh man, it is hard to believe what God has done there. And um, for all these years, these are the untouched. Uh, Unreached tribal groups. they live in the uh, eastern gods of the mountains, uh, we call Eastern gods. And they don't have even Bible to their language yet. They speak different dialects and they live like an animals in the jungle with the wild animals. And um, so when we went there, the Lord really impressed on me like I saw the first tribal man. When I went there the first time, he was carrying a big log of wood on his shoulder. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me to tell him about Jesus. And I thought to myself, this man is just one tribal man. Why to stop? I'm going to invite him to speak in a church there. I neglected basically to stop there and talk to him. But the Spirit of the Lord really convicted me to come back and to talk to him. I asked him, do you know Jesus? And he, what he said was like, he understood what I, the language I spoke to him. He said, there's no village by name Jesus here. Mm. Go further and inquire, you may find it. Mm. This man never heard the name of Jesus. He didn't even know whether it is the name of a person or wow. a village. And I was not willing to talk to him, stop there and talk to him. I was so convicted and I talked to him about who Jesus is. that I said, it's not the name of the village. He's God. He's a loving God. He came to save you. He died on the cross, he shed his blood. As I started talking to me about this Jesus, I saw tears rolling down from his eyes mm. and I prayed with him. That's the beginning of my walk with the Lord to reach those unreached people groups. Now, just looking back, my friend, you were there with me in those difficult situations. All the witchcraft, which doctors control most of those villages. And all these communists control those villages. But today, by God's grace, because of the power of the gospel, we went to thousands and thousands of villages, reached most of the villages with the gospel. People heard the name of Jesus. Now they have the electricity, Dr. Mike, and they have the roads, and they have the drinking water in some places, not in all the places, but it's totally transformed Paderu and all the villages in those areas now. As we walk now, we really think, is it the same villages we went before? Amazing. Is it the same place that we were before? So, amazing transformation took place because of the gospel.
0: Yeah, amazing. Friends, first and foremost, people that lived in darkness have seen a great light. I mean, you're talking about the real deal here forget the version we get in the West sometimes and just this feel-good prosperity gospel and it's all about me and, and self-help type stuff. We're talking about sinners living in darkness, lost without any knowledge of the one true God, now following Jesus. And when they make a commitment, they make a commitment for life. It's, it's quite amazing to see. And now with that, we're not, we're not talking about Rolls Royces. We're, we're talking about drinking water. We're, we're talking about Electricity. and and God's helping these people. Friends, we come back. I've got exciting news for you, a way that you can participate directly, right from the comfort of your home. You can make a difference in India. Stay tuned.
1: The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. What a joy to be here with my dear, dear friends, Jason Panam and Monica,
0: some of our closest friends anywhere in the world. They're in from India, going through the States, preaching, ministering, also doing amazing work in Germany, in Sierra Leone, and Madagascar. In fact, a little later in the broadcast I want to encourage you, wherever you live, wherever you're listening to this, watching to this in America or around the world, I want to encourage you that you can make a difference where you live, that the same gospel principles that have literally transformed regions in India have, have now been put to effect in other countries and having the same impact. So European cultures, African cultures, Asian cultures, doesn't matter, same gospel. And I want to I give you good news that you don't have to sell all your possessions and move to India and live sacrificially to make a difference. You can make a difference right where you are. In fact, the way God's blessed you, especially in the West, you can make a difference. First, though, let's, let's talk about some of the serious things happening in, in India. Yesupadam, uh, with the BJP, the Hindu party, the BJ party, with a leader who's militantly Hindu and wants to make all of India Hindu and eradicate Christianity. Uh, there, there's been concern, we talked about this a year ago when you were here, you, we, we talked about, frankly, uh, is it going to cost you your life to stand for the gospel now? What's the bad that's happened as far as persecution, as far as churches being attacked, burned, things like that? What's happened in the last year?
2: well so much persecution has started this year especially it's more than ever it's very close to us and there were few weeks ago actually a lady who was praying a man came with a big stick and hit her on her head and she died in a pool of blood Mm. in her prayer and the many churches has been burned down broke down and uh, I saw the videos and I saw some of the churches Went there in our area, and uh, so when I saw, especially one of the churches that was burned down, um, there were women and the children that were praying in the church during that time. So the group of men came and called the pastor out and threatened him, and they called him the ladies and the out of the prayer meeting, and they were coming out and with the children with a fear. I mean, of this man, but one good thing they didn't do was they did not burn the church when the women and children with them are Mm. in the church. The moment they called them out and they put the church on fire. Mm. And when I saw that, it broke my heart. And I thought to myself, if those brothers who are burning the churches, if if they would know if they burn one church, by God's grace, we can build 100 churches. Mm. I thought to myself, would they still do that? If we can replace instead of one into a hundred. So that hundred came to my mind. And I shared with that video and uh, that what has happened to my church. And uh, I decided to build 100 churches this year. And then by God's grace, you know, what happened was like uh, our church people in India really responded so well. And then by now we, we started doing it. 45 churches. Some of them are built, some of them are under construction. The way I worked it out is with the church members, I asked them because if it is a thatched roof, they are burning it. We don't want to do that anymore. We want the church members to make the brick, mm-hmm. it would be a brick wall, and then give them some cement to build the wall, and then we give them the sheets. So it only costs $550 to build a church and a sound box to the church. They would have a sound system inside that could sit 100 and 150 people, 40 feet long, 20 feet wide, with the sheets on and a brick wall. So this is an amazing thing, what the Lord is doing. We don't want our churches to be burnt and attacked. So many Bibles are being burnt uh, in a weapon day. I mean, like a, everybody's watching that. The persecution is increased. But I want to tell you, Mike, Gospel. The power of the gospel is also going out more powerfully than ever before. The enemy is trying to bring fear, trying to intimidate us, especially as our leaders. But we determined by the grace of God to stand for the truth of the gospel, whatever it takes, whatever it costs, either by life or by death. We want to proclaim this gospel and build churches. This is the key for the villages. Village churches are like a small, small villages. And we, by God's grace, by the end of the year, we will we, we will complete those hundred churches by the grace of God with the support of the people that are sub that will support us. We have fifty more churches to go mm-hmm. before thirty first of December twenty
0: eighteen. All right, and just one thing that, that I think it's it's really important for, for people to understand. Uh when we talk about building a church building, it has significance i mean folks will they 'll meet anywhere they 'll meet in the field they'll 'll meet in the living room they 'll meet you know we 're in a hut doesn 't matter where but there 's something about having a physical place where people gather so so before I tell everyone that's that 's viewing listening to this broadcast before I explain to you how you can get involved and what you can do to make a difference, yes just explain. Uh, to our listeners why this is so important, wh- what it means to build that physical building in a village and then have the sound box with it. What kind of difference does that make?
2: These village houses, people may talk about, think about the house church. These houses are small, one-room homes mm-hmm. that cannot yeah, accommodate more extra. People Are also, people also are used to the Hindu temples in a small village. There could be many Hindu temples. But uh, when they come together to one place, there is such a togetherness. It's like a family coming together to worship the Lord. It it does make a big impact and a difference in the lives of the people when they come together one one place where there's a bigger place they can meet together to worship the Lord. And and the sound box. And the sound box. You know that one sound box can take care of the whole, and it also reaches the whole village. Mm. The sound and they can also, it's like a suitcase with the wheels. They can also take it to the outreaches to the streets when they go to the outreaches. Most of the pastors don't go to village to village doing the outreaches. They can also take it to the village, easy to carry, and then use it for the outreaches and also inside the church. Mm. Both together, the roof and the sound box cost $550 to build a church.
0: All right, so listen, friends, we got to get 55 more church buildings built in this next calendar year, the next, what, four months, roughly. Uh, God willing, I'll be in India again, my annual trip, the first week of December, and I'd love to hear that that they've actually built more, 120, 130 buildings. So here's how you can participate. Don't feel guilty that you have money. Don't feel guilty that you have a nice house. Don't feel guilty that you have a bank account. Don't feel guilty about that. Use what God has given you. I mean, mean, look, you're, you're talking about Maybe $50 a month, $60 a month, and that sponsors a pastor full-time. I mean, this, this is the living conditions, that 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 this is what we're talking about. You give, and you actually make a difference that for decades and decades will be felt. All right? So I want to encourage as many of you as possible to donate $550. Here's what you do. Go to lncministries.org. LNC is in love and care. L lncministries.org. We'll send out, uh, post things on social media as well to remind you, lncministries.org, and where, where it says donate, just when you give the $550, they'll know exactly what it goes towards, okay? And we'll give you a report later in the year. We'll find out what the numbers are, and we'll give you a report. But through the line of fire, come on, let's, let's do this. I've gone every year so I've, I've spent a, a good portion of my life traveling back and forth to India and being in India, and it's a joy and a privilege. We've made that investment. And we have friends of ours, grads from our ministry school, serving in India, living for the people of India to this day. And, and you think, you know, there's so much going on in America which is just, it doesn't reach the lost and doesn't bring transformation. But here, if, if you if I could take you to these different places, You'd empty your bank accounts and say, okay, we we want to do more and more and more. You'd be amazed. And when you see the gratitude of the people and the simplicity of the gospel message that goes out, Jesus the Lord saving sinners. So as many of you as possible, all right? And I know many of you can do this. $550, not to our ministry, not to help with this radio show, but to build churches in India that will make a difference in eternity. You'll meet people in eternity that you never met in this world. And they'll thank you because you participated in their salvation, their transformation. And you'll help encourage some of these pastors who are taking a stand in, in the midst of, of real persecution and difficulty. I've, I've washed the feet of martyrs, widows there, okay? Uh, last time I was in India, I said, Yesupadam, what's going on uh, with persecution? He said, I think we lost about four, four of our guys in the field trying to get the exact number killed. They, they, they go out all the more. They multiply and preach. You're talking about fertile Soil. All right. So, friends, as many of you can, go right now to lncministries.org if you need to check with a spouse about what you can do. Lncministries.org. Some of you can build 10 church buildings without a problem. Some of you, five fifties, is way more than you could do, but you could, you could give a tenth of that. You could give $50, $55 and say, all right, count me in. I want to be involved and in part of this. So, friends, lncministries.org you can make an amazing difference for eternity. Our home congregation, Fire, which is not a large congregation, if we got an offering of a few thousand dollars, we'd be pleased. Uh, Last year, Yesupadam was in and we received an offering and got over $17,000. And it was because they were having restrictions in India about uh, preaching the gospel. They got a truck that goes in and digs wells. So they do humanitarian work. And it's amazing to see this thing in action. They dig well after well after well, and it opens up villages to the gospel of Jesus. So friends, you can make a difference. lncministries.org. We come back, I'm going to talk about the same gospel principles that are transforming parts of India or working in other nations as well. Stay tuned.
1: the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. It is
0: my privilege and joy to have in studio with me my dear, dear friends, Yesu Patam and Monica from India. And it's one thing to see the gospel work in impoverished, unreached areas in India, it's one thing to see the gospel work in the midst of an entirely hindu culture where some people have never even heard the name of jesus but did the same principles work in a country like germany which has a history of christianity which has become liberal and skeptical with a very small evangelical base does it does it work in countries in africa where you've got totally different cultures we're going to find out the answer as i speak with yesu and monica and first Monica, if I could ask you, coming over from Canada with German background, living in India now, 22 years, married to Yesupadam, the last, how many years now? 20 years. 20 years. All right, amazing. (laughs) So uh, the status of women in India, how does does the gospel affect women in India?
3: Mm, The women are when they are saved, they become powerful prayer warriors for their families, for their communities, their villages, the nation. They just want to see the nation come to Jesus, their families, their communities. Mm. So yeah, God really changes them and uses them powerfully, but prayer is so important.
0: And, and are, is their status enhanced? Or they, Do they have more dignity as, as, as women uh, in, in India? Your perspective?
3: Yes, definitely. Um, when God changes a life, everything changes. Mm. And they, they see their value in Christ and um, in the community. But I'll say it's not easy for women who become saved from a Hindu background in their families. They may be go through persecution mm. and uh, be rejected and go through a lot. So it's, it's not easy. But definitely, they see themselves different in Christ.
0: Yeah, I, I remember our first trip over to India, first or second, that Nancy was out with outreach teams during the day, going to different villages while I was doing meetings for leaders. And she, they met a woman, the team met a woman, Christian woman came running over, had to talk to them, was all excited. She's a believer also, her husband's not safe, he beats her all the time for being a Christian, but she was glow. it's fine, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's, and she was, you know, had this vibrant faith because the Lord had transformed her. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you raised in Untouchable, You suffered much because of that. You rebelled against the system. You joined the Naxalites, radical communists at the age of 11, signing in your own blood. You were involved in terrorist activities. You were an alcoholic atheist when God saved you as a young man in in, your early 20s. So you've seen the gospel literally transform regions in India, even your home base is used now, the school is used for, for testing, and uh, different students come in there to get their annual test because it's the best school, and, and just seeing amazing things happen. You, you have brought hope to people that were hopeless, children that were orphaned, have been raised, uh, e- even programs for handicap where they can learn a trade and don't have to beg, and uh, I'm, I'm an eyewitness to what God's done. Everyone that comes over with me is stunned to see what the Lord did through someone that was so lost and so helpless, and see what the Lord did. Now you, now God burdens you a few years ago for Germany. Totally different. You could not find cultures more different, and here you have got an Indian and a German married, right? But you could not find cultures more different, mindsets more different, history more different. Uh, what have you seen in India? And you started, excuse me, in Germany, you started ministering to homeless people, but what have you actually seen happen now in Germany?
2: Yeah, an untouchable boy from India <laughs> going to Germany. Then it was very clear when God showed me a vision of two hands holding the globe. And uh, underneath the hands I read names of five countries. USA, Canada, Sweden, South Africa and West Germany. Germany was not united at that time. And I realized God wanted me just to pray for them. I never thought God will take an untouchable boy to a country like Germany, American, Canada. And amazingly, God took to all these nations, and I went to Germany first time in 2001. I saw the man on a wheelchair. It's maybe his wife or somebody pushing him, and I felt like I need to talk to him about Jesus. A friend of mine who is invited me was with me, and uh, I didn't. I don't speak German, so I wanted him to help me to share the gospel with him. My friend felt so uncomfortable that to stop somebody on the street. In Germany I know I was acting like an Indian I could do that in India <laughs> but I didn't realize that I was in Germany and uh, so but finally I dragged him and I stood in front of the wheelchair she has to stop and I started talking to him that I told him I'm from India I'm a pastor from India and I'm visiting your country it's a great country and I started sharing him the gospel he heard me a few minutes and he looked into my eyes and he said you are a bad man you need Jesus I don't need Jesus I mean I not only heard the words but I saw the hurt wow. the pain and suffering and bitterness mm. I went home that night to the room I started thinking and praying about him God showed me the heart and then scars on the heart I didn't see the wounds I saw mm. the scars and I felt a like God telling me my people are hurting and I remind them my unchanging love plan and purposes For this nation and that changed my life totally Mm. and I never stopped going there until in every year I started going for one week and two weeks 2007 the Lord spoke to me very clearly and said come for long term because I'm going to send revival in Germany and Germany is going to touch Europe with the gospel again I felt so privileged Mike when I went there because from there the gospel came that God will take an untouchable boy to a, a developed country like a great country like Germany to share the good news in 2009 May, we started giving hot dogs to that the Bremen train station in any given day evening. That two three hundred people sitting there, the homeless, alcoholics and drug addicts taking needles and taking drugs, and it broke my heart because I understand what they go through. I went through that hurt, pain and rejection, so. When I wanted to do that, I felt it was definitely God. Nobody really, I talked to some of the pastors in Germany. They said it won't work in Germany. But uh, I went to a a social, Christian social worker, expecting him that he would encourage me because he's already involved in helping people. I was in his office. I was talking to him. He looked at me and he said, who do you think you are? You are a poor Indian man. He said, there's no poor Germans in Germany for your hot dogs. He said, go back to India, back to, or go to Africa. There are poor people. Feed them. I heard him. I smiled at him. I said, thank you, sir. I got up from the chair, left his office. More determined. For nine years, every Saturday at 3 o'clock at the Bremen train station, we have been giving hot dogs. I saw lives being transformed. I saw a lot of tears. And I realized people don't come just for hot dogs. They know they are accepted there. They know they are loved, And they ask me sometimes, you're from India. Why are you giving us hot dogs? I tell them, Jesus loves you. We love you because Jesus loves you. That surprises people. Never stop. In 2010, the Lord has provided us a home. We named it a Jesus House in the heart of Bremen. We invite the people from the street every Thursday for a hot meal, a worship time, and a family time. And this changed the lives of the people. I realized, Mike, it's not the culture. It doesn't matter what the culture, but it is the power, in the gospel.
0: Mm.
2: People can be changed wherever it is. I realized people are not looking for our money. People wants to be loved. People want to be accepted. And the Lord gave me that grace in Germany to reach many people, speak, and many churches or denominations open to me that I could go to their churches, preach, and the Lord really helped me to impact many national leaders in Germany, heads of denominations, bishop of a Lutheran church, and a, a president of another organization, mm. to really impact them with the desire of discipling people to reach and with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amazing.
0: Just amazing. And having been to Germany, I don't know, 12, 15 times, I think about 15 times now, love the German people and know the passion of many of the Christians there. But things, you know, Germany is famous for order and discipline and everything by the rules. And you come in and get <laughs> your own ministry and do things differently. It's it's not exactly the norm. So, so Monica... Again, you're of German background, born and raised in Canada, but what did you think? We've got about, oh, two and a half minutes before the next break. What did you think about all right, we get the same thing we do in India, we're going to do in Germany? What did you think about that?
3: Well, we were just praying, Lord, how do we reach these people? And it definitely looks different than in India. And the Lord showed us through a dream that we we're giving food to poor people. And that's how the, the hot dogs started at the train station. and. You know, none of us had done that before, but uh, just the love and compassion, that's all that's needed to reach anybody, Mm. no matter if they're Indians or Germans. And they all have the same need for love and um, for the gospel, to hear the good news. So just going to the people, asking them how they're doing, giving them a listening ear, loving on them, hugging them, letting them cry on our shoulders, uh, that's been amazing to watch how God used that to transform lives. And we just recently baptized a heroin addict who was saved through our ministry. And just watching God change the lives, he does it anywhere through love and compassion.
0: Yeah, it's it's true, friends. It's not a method or a gimmick. It's it's loving people and reaching out to them right where they are. So Yesupadam, you had a miracle happen with some property with some buildings on it, <laughs> and uh, there were folks that had plenty of money, but maybe not that much vision. Uh, tell, we may have to finish on the other side of the break, but tell us what happened with these buildings in this property.
2: Our desire was to do the three-step program, like you no, know, go to them at train station, bring them into the home and provide them a home. So in 2013, we heard about this property with five acres of land, five buildings on that. And then 2014, we thought that would be good for us. And we went and talked to them. They said, uh, well, you know, you, you are in India and you don't know what you're talking about. And uh, (laughs) this is a big piece of property. You don't even know how to maintain it. I was telling everything. They said, God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. Then we left the place. We were in U.S. in August that year. We got an email from them saying that we felt and we are totally convinced that if the love and care ministries, if they named it as a Tascuta land the good land they said good land will be in the good hands if you donate it to the love and care ministries and i asked them after that what made you to think that way and they said many organizations came to us asking us to donate our property and they have the money they have no vision but you have no money you have the vision as That's they, why we they donated gave it to you. you. And the <laughs> German <laughs> folks said it'll never happen.
0: It'll never happen. Exactly. And it happened. Yeah. Same gospel, same faith, <laughs> same God. Yeah. Come on, friends.
1: It's the line of fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
0: Welcome, welcome to the line of fire. Friends, wherever you are, you can make a difference for the Lord. I'm shut in. I, I'm bedridden. You can pray. In the midst of your pain, you can pray, and God will be near to you as you pray. I, I don't have any money. You have you. You have yourself love somebody, care for somebody, reach out to somebody. Every one of us can make a difference. And as, as I've been with Yesupano and Malka these many years, 25 uh, trips to India in 25 years, seeing the amazing work of love and care ministries. Okay. I've seen it work in India and now I'm seeing it work in Germany. I mean, firsthand getting to see myself, what God is doing. And, and then, uh, Country like Madagascar, off the off the coast of Africa, we we talked about it last year when Jesupan and Monica were were with us. But uh, Monica, uh, you mentioned I remember when we were on the air last about Madagascar is not just a, you know a cartoon movie, <laughs> a lot of poverty, a lot of suffering. What's happened with folks Korean Christians impacted, disciple by love and care, gone to Madagascar now? What what have they seen happen there?
3: Well, it's been amazing. They went there and they first started with feeding the street people, children, single moms, older people just living under the trees. They started feeding them lunch every day and then uh, they they saw the need for schools. And in six years now, they've built 15 schools. We have over Mm. 2,000 children being educated and they're feeding them lunch every day and then we built a church in a prison amazing time shared the gospel in a prison with a thousand uh... inmates and saw around eight hundred of them raise their hands to accept jesus we built a church a first church in a prison in madagascar and uh... then they're planting churches they have a children's home an orphanage in a remote bush area and a school there and Mm. they built a dream library beautiful library and you know, God's connected them with other Korean missionaries that are helping support the work, and that's been an amazing thing, what God's doing.
0: All right, so so Yesupadam, again, you've lived out the gospel in different continents. Your own life is a striking testimony to God's grace, really, the chief of sinners, lost, hopeless, and God raised up with a significant ministry. Even government connections now, as as you were telling me before the show, when uh, nine different village churches got surrounded and people were... were threatened they were going to set the church buildings on fire you were able to call police these were radical hindus persecuting christians just recently and police got involved and stopped it from happening you got when we were there for your 60th birthday party a few years ago government leaders came to honor you so we, we all know what a testimony of grace this is speak to our listeners in america and in different countries sometimes we're frustrated we know there's more do we have to sell everything go to india go to africa can we make a difference right where we are? Just speak from your heart to our, to our viewers, to our listeners.
2: Friends, this is the love of God that makes the difference. Wherever you are, you can make a difference by God's grace. There are people everywhere that needs to be touched, that needs to hear that they are loved, they are accepted. So many times we don't have to go to another continent to do it. Wherever we are, we can do that. And that's why my heart is... Sometimes I tell people, if you cannot do where you are, how can you do in other people Mm. in their lives? And everywhere there are needs, there are needy people that need Jesus. And Jesus is the only hope. Jesus is the only way Jesus is not the one of the ways There is no other name under heaven given except the name of Jesus Mm. where people can be saved The greatest need of the world today is Jesus 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 and Jesus and Jesus alone That's my heart for every nation when I come here. That's my heart when I'm here I want people to know that there is one guy that's named Jesus He loves so much. He came to this world. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. It's only his blood that cleanses us from all our sins and unrighteousness. It's not the religion. I'm not talking about a Christian religion. I'm talking about Jesus. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are going through, I have a good news for you from your brother from india jesus is the only way jesus loves you my friend jesus took your place for you and jesus wants you to listen to him and come to him you may ask me what do i need to do very simple my friend ask jesus say jesus i'm a sinner jesus please forgive me jesus please come into my heart jesus please take over my life and i want you to know jesus as your personal savior and the lord bible says what it gains to someone if he gains a whole world and loses his own soul if you are listening to this maybe thinking of committing suicide so much disappointed in your life maybe people gave up on you but i have a good news for you Jesus would never give up on you. Jesus is looking for you. Jesus is talking to you. Come to Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. That's why God brings me, even to this great country, to remind people the gospel that never changes the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ.
1: Hmm.
0: Friends, that is the message. He is central. Through him, God is exalted. And there's nothing to improve on with that. With prayer, with the message of the cross, with repentance and faith, and with really loving people, any anybody, anywhere can be changed. So some some of you, you realize you, you've left your first love, you used to have a bird, you used to have a passion to reach the lost, used to really believe people were lost and there was a difference between the saved and the lost and things have just gotten muddied for you. Cry out to the Lord, Lord renew me. Lord start something fresh in me. And uh, Brother Yesupanam, uh, every year in India we do a graduation ceremony. We lay hands on the latest graduates from the Discipleship Training Center and send them out to plant churches and they know what's waiting for them. They know there's persecution, there's opposition, there's even potentially death. and they go boldly, it, it's, it's almost like the fear or these other things are not a deterrent at all because they know people need Jesus. Uh, do you see that same level of commitment now? It's been over 25 years of sending people out. Is the level of commitment the same as when it first started?
2: Yes, bro, well, it's more even. You know, in the middle of persecution, what is happening? I see the brothers who are willing to do anything. Mm-hmm either by life or by death, to proclaim the gospel. And the love for Jesus in the middle of persecution, I see that that's increasing, mm. and more commitment than ever before. As the enemy is trying to bring, like intimidating us, I see yeah. more boldness, raising up from the Christian community and uh, the pastors, and um, that more gospel is being preached than ever before in the nation of India. And I will never be surprised. That's my heart cry. That's my desire. Before I die, you know, before God calls me home, I want to hear India being called not as a Hindu nation, but as a Christian country. But that's what God has laid in my heart. India shall be saved by the grace of God, Mm. by the power of the gospel. Mm. That's what we are committed to. That's what we are living for.
0: Friends, and this is not idle talk, this is the power of the gospel and it's amazing what's happened in recent decades. And yes, the government really has been behind the persecution, the rhetoric of the government empowering and flaming the Hindu radicals, but Christians are standing up all the more. That that old saying, the quicker you cut us down, the quicker we grow back. It's it's being lived out. And and you're talking about the folks that, that Yesu Padma's ministry sent out if you bless them with a bicycle so that they could better get from village to village, that's that's an amazing thing. I remember the time when everyone was given just one new uh, set of clothing. This was a a special, amazing thing because most of them just have the the clothes on their back. Many of them do. So uh, I want to invite you to partner, friends, financially. Yeah, here's the deal. has felt with every church building being burnt down that he wants to build churches. So you, you burn down one, He's got a vision now. He wants to build a hundred. What does it mean? It means that instead of having a thatched roof hut that can just be burnt down, they're getting brick buildings and with, a, with, a, with concrete and brick concrete roofs, the whole bit, so that they can't be burned down. This is, this is the whole thing. And it, it is a witness in a Hindu village, in a communist Naxalite village. These buildings are witnesses for the gospel and there's no room for people to gather other a house meeting is not big enough house i mean there's small huts and little houses people live in so this is a place they come together it's a gospel witness 550 dollars, they can build the roof and give them a sound box which they then use for evangelism so let's build as many of these as we can all right let's let's do it when i get there in in december i want to hear we've built not 100 but 120 30 40 they built 45 already Okay? And and Christians within India donating to help. We need your help today. Don't give it to our ministry. This goes straight to India. Go to LNC Ministries as in love and care. Lncministries dot org. Lnc dot org. Go there and just donate. You don't have to designate it. They'll know exactly what it is. When they see five hundred fifty dollars, they'll know exactly what it is. All right? And if, if you can't if if you can only give part of that. Give what you can, all right? $55 or $155, and together, let's, here's, the, here's the deal. I don't care how you spend that money in America, you'll never make an investment like this, never. You'll never see your money go further and touch more lives. For, for a little square of a piece of carpet in one of our new buildings in a church in America, and hey, thank God for those buildings, great, let's use them for the gospel. But you can do something that's going to make a difference in eternity. Jesus Jesus, Jesus. You heard it from our guests. Let's stand together. Let's do something. LNCministries.org.